my. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Good. We're hoping to have a... Is that good, Father Deacon? Okay. I told him to give me a little more sound. Uh, I'm, I'm not a strong voice, but at least I have one today. Um, and, uh, gee, Father Daniels, uh, and a number of others that I know about are uh, down with with something that runs a fever, makes you cough, and does sinuses, probably a fluey type thing. But uh, I think to myself this morning, at least the entire country is not being shut down, and uh, we're able to gather in a public place without masks. And uh, so uh, it's it's all relative in that sense. So this, this is a delight today. And uh, we keep a backup quarterback for times like this. And uh, so... Glory to Jesus Christ, for sure. Very few people, when they think about Christmas, think about the end of the world, though they'll probably make that movie at some point. Uh, But, I mean, we tend to have one set of feelings for Christmas and a different set of feelings when we think about the end of the world. Uh, And so Christmas, taken by itself, seems to be quite harmless and able to be adopted by and even adapted by cultures all over the world. I read that in Japan, uh, Christmas, uh, they keep Christmas, but it's thought of as kind of like St. Valentine's Day. It's a romantic thing because they watched American movies and uh, mostly they're rom-coms. And uh, you get the idea that Christmas must be about romance. And then the other strange thing is the traditional uh, Christmas meal in Japan is a bucket of chicken from KFC. And uh, which is just, uh, it's just really bizarre, uh, but that's sort of American uh, culture as we sell it across the world and fail to actually preach the gospel. But uh, so Christmas oftentimes feels like a feast of good feelings, goodwill among men, uh, a bit of family, uh, and seasonal food. You have a feast that's free of offense as much as they can do it, you know, and they've reduced it to happy holidays and various things. Um, and anything that's free of offense, so long as it can be monetized, and that's our American way. But the end of the world, on the other hand, uh, suggests judgment, wars, rumors of wars, which sounds like today's news, of course, and the very offensive reminder that this world will not last, and neither will we. As such, apocalyptic ideas are useful only as fantasy entertainment, a bit of scare, you know, uh, that disappears when the theater's lights come back up. Uh, Popular culture has lost the meaning of the word apocalypse. It's changed the word. I mean, now we can have, like, snowpocalypse, Uh, That means a warning of snow in East Tennessee and we run to the grocery stores. It's a snow apocalypse. I mean, it's we've just we've just commercialized the whole thing. Uh, But apocalypse, because of movies and kind of popular uh, Protestant fiction, which includes some of their preaching, uh, has turned. (laughs) Forgive me, but his apocalypse has turned into. Uh, sort of very frightening into the world stuff. You know, uh, the book of Revelation read in the scariest way possible uh, and, and missing the point of the whole thing. The word apocalypse in Greek 
literally means to reveal. Yes, the book of Revelations in Greek is called the Apocalypse, the Revelation. Uh, and so the question is, what's being revealed? What is going on? Apocalypse is not a tragedy. It is bringing out that which has been hidden. And so it's correct to say that Christmas is an apocalyptic event. It's an apocalyptic feast. St. Paul says this uh, about the gospel. In fact, basically saying that the entire gospel is an apocalypse. He says in uh, Colossians first chapter, the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages. So the mystery, the gospel, the word of God has been hidden from the ages uh, and from generations. But now it has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul says the gospel was hidden, calypse, and now is revealed. Apocalypse, that which is hidden, has been made known. So in this proper sense, the whole gospel is apocalyptic. Christmas is an apocalyptic event. It happens, if you think about Christmas, it happened in hiding. The uh, word leaks out, and the wicked king Herod goes on the warpath. Uh, but through the silent means of a star, doesn't make any noise up there, through the silent means of a star, wise men from Persia make their way to Bethlehem and inadvertently drop by Jerusalem and alert the wicked king. The mystery, however, is so well hidden that St. Paul tells us that even the princes of this world, by which he means the demonic powers, that the demonic powers did not actually understand what they were doing when they crucified the Lord of glory. Who crucified the Lord of glory? Not the Romans, not the Jews, the princes of this world, the demonic princes. That's according to St. Paul in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. So we take, though, the Christmas story for granted and reduce this great mystery uh, to kind of a card with well wishes. You know, surprise, it's Christmas uh, or holiday. Uh, what was taking place, however, was apocalyptic. In that moment, or in the moment even of the Annunciation nine months earlier, which was even... Uh, more deeply hidden. Even Joseph didn't know about it until he was told of it in a dream. Um, but the world in that moment was turned inside out. The Lord of glory, the Logos of God, he who is the very meaning of the universe itself, entered history and became an historical figure. The Godhead was now veiled in flesh. Simple shepherds kept watch with the very angels of heaven. Bethlehem, which means the house of bread in Hebrew. Bethlehem became the place where the bread of life himself was first seen. In him, all of the world would be fed and our true hunger banished. Now, American horror movies. Does that an abrupt change? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> This is not a rabbit trail. I'm using the manuscript today. If it is, 
these rabbit trails were planned. But anyway, forgive me. Uh, but American horror movies who deeply misunderstand the apocalypse have made much of an impending doom. Uh, various schemes in which people try, for instance, in these, these apocalypse movies, various schemes in which people try to prevent the Antichrist from being born. I mean, I've seen, you know, it's probably, I don't watch these movies, but I, you know, catch their reviews or whatever. There's about a half a dozen of them out there. Everything from Rosemary's Baby was one of the first and on and on through the years trying to keep him from being born. That that's the big deal as if that's going to set everything in motion. Uh, but the truth is, is that evil isn't really very hidden. I, last time I checked. Uh, except to the extent that it uses lies it uses darkness, and it uses deception to distract our attention. But we can see its work in the chaos, murder, and deceit all around us. The apocalypse prophesied in the scriptures is not the revelation of evil, but the final manifestation of the good, triumphant, triumphing over evil, the triumph of the kingdom of God. Paul writes in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he says, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And he says this, Behold, in the same chapter, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this myrtle has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That's the apocalypse. That's the apocalypse. Death is swallowed up in victory. And it's hidden. It's hidden. Just as Christ's coming as a babe was hidden from the wicked powers, so his presence among us now and his coming in the end remains hidden. Frequently, Christians uh, fail to see this, and we quit looking at the hidden, and we start looking at the obvious, and we reduce our Christianity to just a bit of moral teaching and a promise of life after death. Behave yourself, and you'll go to heaven. Well, that's just too simple. It's not enough gospel. It's not worth hiding. There ain't nothing in that that sounds like hiding. That, that kind of just sounds like a few other religions. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, this great secret that was hidden. There is, though, a purpose in the hiddenness of God's work. The depth of that mystery is found in the reality of your heart, in the reality of the human heart. Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. And it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. The mystery of the kingdom of God 
is made known to a heart that asks, that seeks, and knocks. The mystery of the kingdom of God is made known to a heart that asks, that seeks, and knocks. So the mystery of the kingdom of God uh, is hidden. Why? So you'll ask for it. Why? So you'll seek it. Why? So you can knock. Uh, it is a heart that God is trying to return us to. Uh, it, a heart that asks, seeks, and knock is a heart that has returned to the desire that was given to us as the gift of our nature. At the very depth of your nature, the very depth of your being, you desire God. What's wrong with us? We forgot God. We forgot that we desired him. That was the word, interestingly, of Alexander Solzhenitsyn when asked why did the Soviet Union happen the way it happened. He said, because we forgot God. Because we forgot God. If that's what happens when you forget God, we need to get on to the business of remembering him. If you live in a culture that's forgot God, you live in a dangerous place. We need to remember him. We don't remember him just with our cards and our movies. We remember him by returning to our true heart and our true nature that we desire God. That heart represents the reawakening, the rebirth of our true self and the rediscovery of wonder. We're bound in a world of information that falsely imagines that knowledge, power, and management and expertise are the secrets to well-being. If I got enough information and I can run the world and manage it, we'll fix things and make this world a better place. That's our imagination. We fail to see that that very orientation is itself the seat of our sickness. Our sickness. That's Herod the Great. That's Herod the Great. He gets a little information from the Magi. And he's going to go fix it. How does he fix it? The typical way that wicked tyrants fix it. They kill babies. They go on the warpath with some sort of justification that they're, in, that they're managing to make things better. Telling us, you have no idea what kind of chaos ought to be if we have someone rise up who calls himself the Messiah. We've got to nip this thing in the bud. And off he goes the way leaders have gone ever since. But the heart that asks, the heart that seeks, the heart that knocks is a heart that reflects the heart of God. It is a mode of being that allows us to love rightly, to desire properly, and to see what is hidden, what is hidden from the grasping hands of of a controlling mastery. The apocalypse of Christmas, the revelation of God made man, is also the revelation of the image of God in man. It teases us. They've got to go looking for it. It teases us, beckons our hearts to the hidden things. The apocalypse is revealed within us. And there's people I know who get troubled this time of year and sometimes feel like they're not quite in the Christmas spirit. Well, it's in your heart. It's not out there. You can't buy it in a store. Um, it's in your heart. I was doing some Christmas shopping the other day. 
Fortunately, I had some cash on me. I mean, not my card, but some cash because all along Gay Street in Knoxville, Christmas was waiting for me. Christmas was waiting for me. There were beggars on the street. And there it was. There it was. The kingdom of God calling out, feed me, clothe me. One lady in a wheelchair, she says, you got any Kleenex? Her nose was dripping. It just looked like everything I'm afraid of. And uh, she said, uh, you got any Kleenex? I said, no. She said, well, could you go in the store? There's a little store there on Gay Street. She'd go in the store and get me some. And uh, I said, she goes, I'm ashamed to go in there with my nose dripping like this. I said, sure, I'll go in and do that. And she says, and while you're there, get me some gummy bears. (laughs) (laughs) You know, which I did, some Kleenex and gummy bears, and uh, which is a very cheap price to find Christmas, you know, for the apocalypse to be made known. Christmas that is hidden is hidden in plain sight. It's hidden in plain sight. It's in every heart around you. It is in your heart. If you're having any trouble today finding it or tomorrow as it comes upon us, ask, seek, knock. It will be there because God has made it known and has revealed to us the mystery hidden from the ages. Glory to God. Glory forever. Amen.